Hey friends, my name is Zara, and this is the Daydreaming Rose podcast, in which I talk about folk herbalism, the tarot, trauma-informed magic, as well as politics of healing and small business adventures. Sometimes it's just me sharing rituals and inspiration, and sometimes I have beautiful, like-minded guests on the show. If you would like to learn more about my work, you can visit daydreamingworlds.com for all things magic and sarahmagdalenalove.com for web design and tech support. Feel free to subscribe on iTunes and if you like my podcast, know that a review would really be appreciated. Happy, shiny, beautiful full moon in Gemini to you. I'm so excited to share episode number 20 today and I just have a couple of announcements but mainly mushy things to say before we go on and listen to what the amazing Rachel has shared with us. So yeah, 20 episodes, this is really exciting. Um, I started this podcast a bit more than a year ago and I never thought it would grow this much and I also never thought that I would have this many amazing guests on the show. So I started sending out these fangirl emails saying like, hey, I love your work, I saw you on Instagram, will you come talk to me? And so many amazing people have said yes and I'm so grateful. And I hope for many, many more episodes and amazing guests as well. So thank you so much for everyone who's listened. Thank you for everyone who shared, who left a review, who's just given me feedback. I really appreciate that so much. It means the world to me. As I said, I'm really excited to share today's episode. And I know I always say that, but it's also really always true. (laughs) Rachel Maddox has talked to me and she's an amazing trauma resolution educator coach and guide and we just got really deep into the juicy stuff we talked about what it can mean to really um, start fresh with impendimacy and do do things differently we talked about the similarities between consent and sex and consent in marketing We talked about our visions for collective sexual healing and trauma resolution and we talked about what we can do when all trauma resurfaces. So really, really so valuable and healing stuff to think and dream and talk about. I'm going to leave all the links in the show notes as well, but just wanted to say again that Rachel is running an amazing Kickstarter right now that's so worth um, supporting. She is writing her second book, Sex After Trauma, and is crowdfunding that um, because obviously writing a book is expensive and she has amazing rewards for people who... um, support the book so check that out you can do so at bit.ly slash sex after trauma so that is b-i-t dot l-y slash sex after trauma and as i said that is also in the show notes and you can also find rachel maddox at rachel maddox on instagram and she will have the link in her uh, profile as well so yeah check that out a little announcement about my work as well I've been thinking and scratching my head about what to offer around the new year because I know lots of people really love kind of new years or year head readings and I I wasn't sure about offering them because I personally don't really love super big spreads with like more than 10 cards it sometimes feels a bit overwhelming to me and when I received those I was 
wasn't always sure if I was really always taking all of that in. So I wanted to create something that is more interactive that you can take and make your own and customize and ultimately that you can create your own little ritual out of. So I'm offering year ahead tarot readings and ritual kits that are personalized. You will receive an audio recorded seven card spread. So quite in depth, but not totally overwhelming, kind of just the right amount, I hope. Then there's going to be a journaling prompt for each of the cards to um, really go deeper with them and see what their wisdom is that you can um, make the most of. And then they will include a um, pretty simple fog herbalism recipe that you can make at home and a suggestion for a uh, plant alley to work with in the new year. And then finally, there's going to be a ritual suggestion that you can customize and do around the new year. And the intention with that really is that you can find your own authentic and beautiful um, goals that you want to set for yourself. And just to kind of be a little bit more intentional in how we're moving into the new year. So this is not about weight loss. It's not necessarily about finding a new job or dumping your boyfriend if these are not things that you want to do. Um, if you are, you know, you do you. But basically, it's just a way to really celebrate that transition and this particular season as well. And to make sure that you have something that will guide you through the holidays with really excellent boundaries and a lot of love for yourself and a lot of attention for your life. If you're interested in that work, um, these are 44 to 88 US dollars on a sliding scale. I totally trust that you will find the right price that fits your budget and um, you can find more out, out, you can find out more, sorry, either on Instagram, on my Instagram profile or at daydreamwalls.com. Thank you for listening and now finally on today's show. Bye. I'm really excited to have Rachel Maddox on the show today. So Rachel is a trauma resolution educator, coach and guide, and she has written the book called uh, Secret Bad Girl, which I wrote, I read and gosh, I think I read it in a, in a weekend and it was so deeply touching and beautiful. She's writing her second book, which I'm really excited about. And she just generally is someone who shares such incredible heartfelt beautiful tools and insights on the internet I'm on her newsletter and have been for a while and I learned so much from her and also I've been so inspired by how she has always um I mean I don't know if that's always been the case but about how she's sharing her story I think it's really really beautiful so yeah I'm gonna hand it over to Rachel and then she can introduce herself as well that was my little fangirl intro <laughs> hi Sarah so awesome to be here thanks for having me Thank you. Thank you for coming. So maybe let's start by um, asking you where you are in the world right now and where you are in nature and in your body. So what is going on around you? Mm, I love <laughs> that question. So I'm in La Jolla, California, which mm -hmm. is just north of San Diego. And in terms of in nature, I'm like super freaking lucky. I found this magical little house just a block from the ocean where I can see the ocean from my bed. So I'm very connected to the tides and the rhythms of the sea and the moon and the stars. And um, I just feel really, really grateful to be immersed. And also, you know, the fall is coming, so it's not as sun-drenched as it's been the last few months. Mm -hmm. It's kind of a relief for me as I nuzzle and uh, work on my next book. Yeah. Yeah. Awesome. And then in terms of my body, I'm on my period. <laughs> so I'm a little icky 
cranky and crampy, but um, I'm, I'm in a place of more sustained capacity than ever before, and I think it's because I'm very attuned to the rhythms of my body, to mm-hmm. my expansions and my contractions, and mm-hmm. so got a lot of capacity these days for intensity, for intimacy, for rest, mm. for <laughs> all the yummy things. <laughs> Yay, that's amazing. Yeah, great. That's that's beautiful. Um, I would love to know um, kind of what you're offering to the world and also how you came to do this world. So I know your story because I read your book, but to anyone who's really new to you, can you tell us a little bit more about where you're coming from in your approach and what you care about the most and what your vision is? I, I read your last newsletter and I loved what you said about what you're wishing for the world and for liberation and sexuality and all of these good things. Yeah, <laughs> So um, my background, let's see, professionally, I started out as a coach mm-hmm. in the coaching world. I went to the Coaches Training Institute, et cetera, um, worked a lot of psychological models for a long time. And then my life kind of blew up in a lot of different ways. And after being in a pretty sexless eight-year marriage, we split up and I ended up having two sexual violations happen when I was 25. Um Meanwhile, a few years before that, all of the sexual trauma from my early teenage years and my all of my teenage years really started to surface, and I went into kind of a deep, embodied, exhausted depression. Mm. And it was something that coaching couldn't coach me out of, mm. right? And eventually, I, I had looking back now, if I'd gone to a doctor, they probably would have told me I had um, vaginismus or vagin whatever the term is where you know chronic pain in my vagina Mm -hmm. I had that for about two years and then I ended up having um vaginal atypia Mm -hmm. which was one step away from vaginal melanoma in Mm -hmm. my on my clitoral hood wow yeah Mm. Uh, so I had surgery I had about a marble size of my pleasure trove removed Mm -hmm. uh, so that I wouldn't have melanoma spreading throughout my whole body Mm -hmm. so um I, again, spiraled deeper into what I like to call the trauma spell. Mm. Um, And from my experience and from my studies, trauma is an embodied violation hangover. Mm -hmm. It's a hangover from a violation that's happened in our past that gets stuck and lodged in our bodies. Mm -hmm. And I think where the coaching industry falls short or even a lot of therapeutic models fall short is we don't actually approach our healing somatically. Mm -hmm. We don't actually approach... um, give our bodies a chance to resolve and complete those incomplete emergencies, that hangover that's in the system. So, you know, the Google machine provided, I found this incredible healer named Bridget Vixens just by fate and by luck. And she was very close to where I was living at the time. And she also had a training program called Alchemical Alignment, which Mm -hmm. was trauma resolution, um, embodiment of, or like embodiment of the spirit kind of Mm -hmm. thing. And, I went through that training. I had just a few sessions with her. My entire life was like drastically different. Like I could see different, like mm. my, my actual eyes, mm. you know, everything changed in my body and my system and my soul. And I just started seeing this gap in the industry, mm. this, this tremendous gap around how we're approaching our healing and what's actually needed for efficient and effective healing to yeah. be hold. So I became wildly devoted to this cause and this calling and I laid down on the earth and I prayed to God, like, 
take the pain from my body, do whatever mm-hmm. you must do, use me. Mm-hmm. I'm here to be of service to the millions of women mm-hmm. who have sexual trauma and either don't know it or don't know how to work with it and don't know how to heal. Um, put me to work. Mm-hmm. And that's what happened. And I wrote my first book, Secret Bad Girl, and now I'm working on my second book, Sex After Trauma. Yeah. And um, that's where I'm coming from. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> that's amazing. I really feel it comes through how much you care about this. It feels really authentic when you share what you're doing and what you care about. And I just feel, yeah, so lucky that I stumbled across your work. Yeah. Another question I have for you, uh, and I want to kind of enter this question by where I'm coming from myself with this. So this year, um, particularly, I really started to think about and explore the relationship of gender and trauma in my life. And um, I began speaking about trauma. I began remembering things I had forgotten for a really long time. Um, I wrote about this and I really, you know, it was a mountain of resistance of around that. I found it really hard in the beginning, especially in my family, because I felt like I always want, almost wanted to take responsibility um, to not make my family feel like they have felt me because they haven't looked at me, looked after me the way they would have wanted to, you know, like there's, there's just so loud, so many layers around like shame and guilt and like, how am I going to be seen when I'm speaking about this? It's really complex. And at the same time, I know how powerful it can be to own our stories. And I felt really, you know, after reading your book, just felt so encouraged and felt such a weight coming off my shoulders and yeah but still still I find it hard sometimes um and and it's definitely like a journey in itself um yeah and so I would love to hear a little bit more on how you found the courage to speak about these things and kind of what what roadblocks you encountered and how you handled those Mm, it's such a good question and it's something we don't talk about very often but um Yeah, I was living with my family when I wrote my book Mm -hmm. because I had gone home to deal with my cancer surgery, all that stuff. Mm -hmm. I I had moved out once, but then I spiraled again. I just had to go back home. So I wrote this book in my parents' house and pieces of my book, Secret Bad Girl, you know, I talk about how my mom did nothing when I told her I had been raped and, Mm. you know, like my older brother just, I mean, there were lots of dynamics that I kind of highlighted in my book. And, um, you know, there's a part of me that has a little bit of regret around the way I worded some things. I think I would be a little bit more sensitive to my family's experience next time around. And in fact, when I wrote my, when I, um, published the print copy, I did update and shift some things. It's a little different than the ebook, but ultimately I think there's a way that when we're working with really deep, hard stuff mm-hmm. and when we're sharing our stories, um, we have to tell the truth about what really happened mm-hmm. so that other people don't feel isolated in the truth of what happened with them. Mm-hmm. And I think specifically around our families, what you spoke to is so true. Um, there's shame, there's guilt, there's grief. And my mom didn't talk to me for almost three months after my book mm-hmm. came out. You know, I requested to her if she was going to read it, to read the whole thing and to mm-hmm. also go to a therapist. Mm-hmm. Of course, she read the first chapter, put it down, <laughs> didn't talk to me, and didn't go to a therapist. <laughs> so, I love her. Like, yeah. we've come through, you know, to the other side of that mm-hmm. whole thing. But it took a really long time. Yeah. And I think each person is different and each person's family dynamics are different. Mm-hmm. Uh, 
I knew my family would be able to get through it. Mm-hmm. Some families, like, that might not be the case. Like, mm-hmm. the emotional maturity level of your parents might not be one in which they can forgive you mm-hmm. or they can forgive themselves. Mm-hmm. And ultimately, that's what it came down to with my mom. Like, she couldn't forgive herself mm-hmm. for what happened. Mm-hmm. So... Um, I think it's a very personal journey and I think there are also ways of sharing things like if you've never shared before there are ways of sharing things anonymously there are Mm -hmm. ways of sharing things um, and making it so that your family can't see Mm -hmm. obviously we can't control everything Mm -hmm. but it's a sensitive it's a sensitive line and you have to ask yourself the cost benefit yeah 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 (laughs) yeah. personal question yeah yeah, that's totally true. I also really love what you said about the seventh generation and this idea that, that that we inherit trauma in some ways, but that we are so incredibly lucky in our generation in some ways and that we have so many tools and we have this community around ourselves. You know, we can find each other in ways that, you know, previous generations just weren't really able to. Um, and yeah, so, so coming back to my question, I love this idea of being the alchemist and the seventh generation and really drawing a line in the sand and saying, I'm not going to pass this on. I'm really going to invest everything I have in my body and my mind and my heart to do these things differently. Yeah. Can you tell us a little bit more about that? Yeah, definitely. I love that. I'm so glad you brought that up too, because Part of what happens is if what you're really devoted to is being that alchemist, mm-hmm. the person who shifts the lineage both before and after, right? Mm-hmm. The seven generations that came before you and the seven generations that are coming mm-hmm. after you, then the process doesn't stop at I told my story and mm-hmm. I shared a bit about my mom and she's pissed off at me. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Like that's, <laughs> that's the very beginning. That might even be like begin before the beginning. Yeah. Right? the process of really being that alchemist that heals your lineage is one of finding a way to heal the relationships that feel like they've hurt you the most or the Mm -hmm. places where you want to put the most blame Mm -hmm. or the places where you, you know, like, so it's a longer process. And part of, um, there's so many pieces I could talk to here. You know, my grandmother read my book. My grandmother was totally a secret bad girl. (laughs) There was all of this awkward tension in our, I mean, my entire family, like I could, gosh, Thanksgiving and Christmas were like the worst days of my life. Like, oh Jesus. And just having to show up and like see everybody and then like see me and like people just basically pretending I wasn't there because it was so uncomfortable for mm-hmm. everyone. Um, but now, you know, first of all, I moved away. So, mm-hmm. okay, that's one piece. But second of all, now I think people are starting to feel proud, proud mm-hmm. of me and also starting to feel like more free in their own, in their own healing, in mm-hmm. their own. And even if it's not a very conscious thing, there's this openness, this Mm -hmm. this space that opened for everyone. Yeah, 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 I can really relate to that. And I think it's, it's so much about the generations and the times that they've been in as well. I feel like a lot of tension in my family has come from or between me and my two of my grandmothers who both have survived the wars by... By getting married and by being really pretty, you know, and being and not being outspoken and kind of really tuning themselves down in some ways. And there's this tension in the memories that I have of like having my skirt tucked down or like, you know, being told I was too expressive or, you know, yeah, I think we all have similar experiences. And um, 
I'm reading a book currently about intergenerational trauma and, and specifically the Second World War. And there was a story of a woman who um, had a mother who later told her, you know, you being pretty was a, a was a matter of life and death for us because you were so pretty, we were given more. And I really felt this moment of release. I was like, yeah, that, that was true for my grandmothers too. And it's so not true for me anymore. You know, I'm, I am not... I'm not in that place anymore that I need to be pretty to survive. And yeah, and bridging that is, um, that's a, is a, a long journey to walk <laughs> really between these two different experiences, isn't it? Yeah. Yeah. Something in that too is so interesting because I haven't really studied like World War II trauma mm -hmm. very much, even though my family's from Poland originally, mm -hmm. Poland and Scotland, mm -hmm. um, but they came here before World War II, right after the pogroms. Anyway, um, but I've read a lot about post-traumatic er, post slave syndrome mm -hmm. and all of the effects of that, and it was the opposite. It was like you couldn't be too smart because if you were smart, mm -hmm. you know, or if you were pretty, yeah. they would, like, the slave owners might take you and... Yeah, higher chances of being married into the family, so you'd be separated yeah. from your family yeah. if you were pretty or smart. Yeah, it's so interesting the way yeah. like these dynamics Absolutely. are different based on the cultural oppression. Yeah, happening. yeah, totally. Yeah, I would love to talk a little bit about the many beautiful tools that you're sharing um, on Instagram and in your newsletter, and also in the um, is it called the Grown Goddess video series? Is that the yeah. right title? Yeah. I've shared that with so many people. You would not oh. imagine like how many times I've sat down with people and was like, okay, can we watch video number four again, please? <laughs> 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 um, I am, I'm almost, I would almost go so far as to say if I'm meeting someone new and I'm a bit excited about them and I want to be flirty and they're not open to watching the video series with me, it's like, sorry, that's not going to happen. <laughs> Yeah, it's just very interesting to see how people respond to that. You know, I think that that's just, I, I am a Scorpio. I do a lot of security background checks before I become intimate with someone. <laughs> There's a lot of studying them going on. And, and that's just one of my security measures. Yeah. So sorry, I want to say also what this video series is about before I talk about it any further. So people are on board <laughs> with what we're laughing about. So it's a seven part is it seven parts eight. eight it's actually eight parts yeah um so it's a really beautiful uh, video series that you can sign up at uh, rachelmaddox.com and it goes yeah through so many really important subjects such as do I even have trauma and then there's a really beautiful game called boundaries and belonging that I really recommend anyone checks out it's so cool and it's just basically this really great toolbox and Uh, it has really given me a lot of ground to work with and things to reflect on. And it has influenced the relationships I have with other people. So that's really, really great. Can you tell us a little bit more about kind of what your favorite tools are? And yeah, yeah, that would be great. Oh, I love hearing that. That's just so great. Because it's just this thing that I made in two days, like in my living room for free, just to like give out to the world. So I'm so glad that that's useful for you. Um, well, I think one of the things that I really am excited and jazzed about right now in terms of tools is around sensuality and sex. Mm -hmm. So when we have histories of trauma, violation, um, it can be really, 
really scary mm. to re-engage with pleasure on any level, on a personal level and definitely on an interpersonal mm-hmm. level. And so there's two different videos in that series. One is around sensuality when it scares mm-hmm. you silly, and one is around emotionally safe sex after mm-hmm. trauma. Yeah. So the first piece around sensuality, it's really about like, what are the entryways into sensuality that don't have to necessarily be erotic? Mm-hmm. What are the ways that you can access what feels good sensation-wise mm-hmm. to your system mm-hmm. when maybe your system's shut down? Because mm-hmm. what happens around um, when we have histories of trauma is our, our capacity to feel pleasure can go numb, mm-hmm. both on the physical level, like the actual tangible physical level. We can become numb in our genitals. We mm-hmm. can become numb just like on our, in our skin, our, like we can, we can become numb. Mm-hmm. And then also on the emotional level, like our capacity to feel joy and turn on an excitement can mm-hmm. also diminish. And so what are your entryways into sensuality in terms of the five senses? Like what are the things that are easiest for you to access joy mm-hmm. through? Is it music? Is it like scent? Is it lighting your, feeding your eyes with things that are beautiful? Mm-hmm. Um, so there's a lot of cool steps and different levels of Mm -hmm. how you can re-engage with sensuality. Love that one. And then the emotionally sex, uh, safe sex after trauma video. Uh, Obviously I'm writing a whole book about this right now, sex after trauma. Mm -hmm. So that piece, I believe, you know, I talk a lot about consent. I talk a lot about how to have conversations with people who you might be wanting to have sexual, a sexual relationship with, or even people who you're already in a sexual relationship with. Mm -hmm. How can you make it safer? Mm -hmm. Uh, we don't have these really practical tools mm-hmm. around conversations mm-hmm. and around, you know, just making intimacy safe and available for people. Yeah. So I'm really jazzed about that video too. Mm-hmm. Yeah, me too. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I really love having these super practical too because I understand on a, you know, I guess on a mind level, I can I can understand that I could sit down with anyone and be like, hey, so what do we really want to do here? You know, how we, can we make this safe? What's your expectation? But still, I find it so valuable to really bring practical tools and frameworks in because I feel in many ways, and, you know, that might not be your experience or um, anyone's uh, listening, but I feel like as someone who has experienced sexual trauma quite young, I have become such a master at dissociation and I can do the wildest shit on autopilot, you know? I, I feel <laughs> I can, yeah, I can, I, I feel like I have a lot of muscle memory in my body about, and, and that gives me confidence in the quantity, you know, I feel like I've done that a, long, a lot of times, I know how this works and obviously everyone is different, And but I think the way we look at sex often quantity and experience is the one thing that most people get um, confidence from which is such a shame really because that's not saying very much about how you can show up in the moment with someone how you can be open and available and just fluid with what comes up so anyway (laughs) so 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 with that in mind I feel like on one level I have this experience and the confidence and the knowing that my body can do a lot of stuff on hydropilot you know on, on the other hand, I'm in this place in my life now when I'm like, oh, you know, I've really come out of the on the other side of so much trauma processing and resolution. And I really want to do things differently. I want to meet people on a different level. And in a way, I'm, I'm starting fresh and I'm like the fool in the tarot. And, you know, and that's really beautiful. And I'm, I'm meeting other people who are exactly in the same place. And I feel like there's so much tender 
beauty and saying like hey do you want to watch Rachel's video series together and we can like we can just be honest and be like you know look we we might come to this table with a certain amount of experience but really in a way we're also starting from scratch and we can start with new tools and that's really great yeah (laughs) what I love about that is you know we might be coming with a lot of experience but what kind of experience yeah and so the new experience is the new experiences we're calling in are tenderness. Yeah. They're, they're, they're bell hooks definition of love, right? Love mm. is a verb, care, affection, commitment, attention, kindness, all those things. Mm-hmm. Um, speaking of which, so I have a video that's on the queue that I haven't finished. Oh yet. God. <laughs> I hate it, but I didn't, um, I like looked like crap that day. It was like, <laughs> it's just like, I need to redo it, but it's how to stop dissociating in sex. Uh-huh. Okay. And there are two things. You want me to share? Oh, yeah. Oh, my God. Yes, please. <laughs> <laughs> okay. So the first bit, so, so the, the piece around dissociation, okay, one, what's happening mm-hmm. when we're going into this autopilot is um, we're disconnected from our, our capacity to stay in our bodies and make choices that keep us connected to what we really want and what we really need mm-hmm. and what we're really comfortable and safe with. So... The first piece is around sort of cultivating a new relationship with the connection between your body and your words. Mm -hmm. So I'm going to explain that piece in a second. Mm -hmm. And then the second piece is around um, really noticing when and where does this dissociative habit begin for Mm -hmm. you in the process of being related to somebody. Yeah. So for the first piece, there's a game Mm -hmm. called (laughs) Red Light, Green Light, Reverse. Oh, in person and what you do is you stand across the room from one another and one person's a driver and one person's the car Mm -hmm. and the point of this game is for the driver to be completely in touch with what they're experiencing in their body Mm -hmm. and to direct the car based on their own feeling of ease relaxation Mm -hmm. exhale desire, accessibility, and connected, like I'm still here Mm -hmm. in my body. Mm -hmm. So the person standing across from them, and they would say green light, Mm -hmm. which would mean one step forward, Mm -hmm. red light, which would mean stay where you are, or reverse, which means one step back. Yeah. And the problem is a lot of us who have histories of trauma, or humans in general, Mm -hmm. have habits of Mm hyper-socializing, which is trying to make another person feel comfortable based on our own actions. Mm -hmm. So this is the opposite of that. You're not doing this exercise to try to make the other person feel good. You're doing it to stay in connection with what feels good for you. Mm -hmm. And if you're worried about offending the person that you didn't want them close to you, um, that's normal, but Mm -hmm. that's not the point. Mm -hmm. The point try on purpose to really center yourself. This is the practice. This is the difference between um, intimate, connected, honest, authentic, vulnerable sex or tender love and connection Mm. and betraying ourselves Mm -hmm. habitually. Yeah. And we're being in inauthentic connections and relationships. So centering yourself, what feels good for me? Red light, green light, reverse. And to set a really clear container, what you do is it's just three minutes. It's a three minute timer with you in the driver's seat. Mm-hmm. And then it's a one minute timer for, in silence to silently digest what happened. And then you each set a one minute timer for sharing what your experience was like. And then another one minute timer for silent digestion. Mm-hmm. And then after that you switch 
three minutes for the next person to be the driver. Um, one minute silence, one minute, one minute shares, and then another minute silence. This is incredible foreplay. Mm -hmm. Not just sexual foreplay, but like this is in deeply, it's a bit, it's like not even a 15 minute game that builds so much intimacy. It's completely transformative. It's one of these experiences that when you have it, you're like, holy mother of God, like I didn't know this was such a big deal. Yeah. So be prepared that it's actually a really big deal to do this little teeny easy practice. Mm -hmm. And then after that, so that's, that's the first game. Yeah. So give yourself time, be gentle with yourself, you know, let that be something that you take seriously and like that you give room to process around it. Mm-hmm. But I like having this really um, structured approach to it because it also makes it safer. Like it's not very long, mm-hmm. short, yeah. still super powerful. And then the second piece is to notice when in your dynamic with someone, do you start to hypersocialize? Mm-hmm. Do you start to decenter yourself? And like, can you identify what those moments are? Is it when you're deciding what you want to do for dinner? Mm-hmm. Is it, you know, like, when do you defer power and decision-making to, to the other person? Mm-hmm. And if you're listening, I'd be like, oh, my God, well, I always do that with everything. Like, I never <laughs> am the one who makes the decisions. So if that's the case, totally fine. Like, I'm, I'm somebody who likes to defer a lot of decisions depending on the thing. Like, I don't want to decide what we're doing for dinner. You fucking decide. Mm-hmm. <laughs> but... Um, just noticing that tendency to, to defer your your power, your decision-making power to another, mm-hmm. specifically around intimacy. Is it when you're at dinner, you're starting to worry about, well, when we go home, are we going to have to have sex, mm-hmm. et cetera, et cetera. And then insert, the, the key here is to insert a little hack, insert a little pause. So say, hey, pause. I notice I just want you to make all the decisions around this, and I'd like to just be the one to make the decision, even if it means I say I'm not ready to make the decision yet. Yeah. Yeah. Like, I'd like to be the decision maker on this this time around. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Maybe it's on sex, maybe it's on foreplay, maybe it's on whatever, but noticing where you normally defer the decision making and literally saying pause and saying, like, you know, I'd like to drive this this car here with this. And you can even use the red light, green light mm-hmm. reverse thing. So Yeah. That's amazing. I really love that game. Yeah, thank you so much for sharing. That's uh, I feel very special since it's not been published. I'm like, oh, I've got a little preview. That's amazing. <laughs> um, if you have a tiny bit more time, another thing I would love to ask you about is how being an entrepreneur and running a small business and being on social media has kind of... Um, uh, influenced the way you set boundaries and the way you do being in community on Instagram, for example. Um, I saw you share something really beautiful about um, consent in sex and in marketing be re- being related and, you know, how how actually we can look at these two different, very different things with similar approaches. Yeah, can you speak on that a little bit? Totally, totally. Well, sex and sales are all contracts. Mm-hmm. So when you say yes to being sensual or sexual or even just emotionally intimate with someone you're contracting your time with each other. Mm. And I don't mean that to be cut and dry because it's obviously more magical than that. But so is sales. Mm -hmm. So when you decide I'm going to hire this person to do this thing or I'm going to put my money into this, you know, I'm going to give my money to this thing to receive this this good or service, it's a contract. Mm. It's a sacred exchange of energy. I want this. Mm. You know, 
I want to be tangled. I want to be tangled with this thing mm-hmm. to some extent, or I want to let this thing come into my energetic field. Mm-hmm. So what is consent? Consent is both parties willingly agree and desire that kind of communion to mm-hmm. happen. And so I think one of the things that a lot of sales does wrong is you're trying to manipulate, you're trying to exploit, you're trying to convince somebody that they need your stuff. And in sex, like what feels worse than someone trying to manipulate you into needing them? Mm. So I think the holiness really happens in both places when you acknowledge that every contract we have is sacred. Mm. And we can either be treating our contracts with reverence and really being awake and aware around what does it mean for me to say yes to this? Mm. What's the energy with which I want to say yes to this? Yeah. Am I willing to find the win-win here or am I just trying to take something? Mm. Am I willing to find, you know, are, are, is, is this other person or this other service provider willing and desiring to find a win-win or are they just trying to take something? Mm. Um, do I, do I want this, but am I really not ready for it, but, but just resent that I'm not ready for it? There's so many ways that they completely overlap, Mm -hmm. right? Um, wanting what you can't have, trying to like make yourself something you're not so Mm -hmm. you can get what you can't have Mm -hmm. and then violating yourself by either changing your personality or spending too much money. Mm -hmm. You know, it's all the same. It's Mm -hmm. exactly the same in Mm -hmm. my book. So consent, again, I love how the word consensual has sensual in it. Yeah. Sensual isn't very enjoyable or pleasurable when we're beyond our capacity. Mm -hmm. Right? So pleasure, the entomology of the word pleasure is what pleases you in a measured way. Mm -hmm. So if we're beyond our measured capacity, it's not pleasurable anymore. Mm -hmm. Consensual with that sensuality you know, with that good feeling in our bodies and in our systems. And I think if we can start to think about that with sex and with sales, our world will look very different. Yeah. Yeah. (laughs) Can you tell us a bit more about how you, how the, your offerings came to be? So I know you have a a group program, you're offering one-on-one work, which is really beautiful. You're putting out a a ton of free content um, and have you, have I heard you say you might also plan a podcast or did I dream about that? <laughs> I do have a pod. I did. I've already interviewed like six or seven people, but I'm putting the podcast on hold because mm-hmm. I really need to do all systems go on the book. Yeah. Okay. That makes sense. Yes. Cool. Yeah. But tell us, tell us a little bit more in, in more detail about what the different things are that you're offering and where people can find you and yeah, tell us, tell us everything. Okay. Um, Yes, I have group programs, and the groups came out of actually. I did a book tour for Secret Bad Girl. I was talking to my best friend Jody mm-hmm. on the phone, and she's like amused for me somehow, or like a, a, a valve. Like when I talk to her, my ideas just come through, and she just holds this beautiful space. <laughs> so um, I was trying to figure out the workshop, like how how do I want to frame this? And because um, I was doing this tour that had book parties and workshops. And I was like, you know, I think people need to grow from like secret bad girls into grown some things because the secret bad girl is this child Mm. archetype, it's this younger self. What would the older archetype be? And it was like this grown goddess. And I just want to speak to that word, right? Goddess, Mm because it's it's been so appropriated at this point. Mm -hmm. Like we think goddess means like, oh, you have to be this sexy femme, blah, Mm -hmm. blah, blah. 
no, let's study the actual goddesses. Like, there are some fierce motherfucking goddesses who are, like, <laughs> employing, you know, the the heavens, who are employing, like, the elements, etc. Mm-hmm. So, it's not this whitewashed, prissy thing. Mm-hmm. Anyway, Grown Goddess Academy is um, a circle of women and women, people who identify as women, or left of female identifying. However, trans people are welcome, basically. Mm-hmm. Um, and it's a space where we come together for 10 lessons on unshaming and reclaiming your pleasure, your power, your sensuality, your true or your truest self. Mm-hmm. And there are five kind of key pieces to it. I am, which is that unshaming and reclaiming your core identity. I won't, which is reviving your truest boundaries. I will, which is devoting to the life that turns you on. Mm-hmm. I do, which are, which is really embodying the practices that support those other things. Mm-hmm. And we are, which is collective liberation. Mm-hmm. And when we circle together, it's just so different than when we do the one-on-one work. Now, I'll talk about why the one-on-one work's amazing. But when we circle together, the, the act of circling alone destigmatizes so much mm-hmm. of what we're carrying because one of the key components of trauma is it isolates. Yeah. It makes you feel like you're totally alone and like nobody can know what you've been through. Mm-hmm. So to come together and to be with a group of other incredible human beings and see like, gosh, they're worthy of love and belonging. Mm-hmm. Maybe I too. Mm-hmm. is really profound, really powerful. I have another group that's um, just beginning called Sex After Trauma. Mm-hmm. And that group, we do 10 lessons both of these, it's 10 lessons, 10 group calls, and a three-day workshop at the end, mm-hmm. which is amazing. Um, but the sex after trauma piece, we really work on the pathway from trauma to turn on. Mm-hmm. So from numb to pain to unfelt emotions mm-hmm. to pleasure. And then all of the relational pieces, too. Mm-hmm. Bound consent, um, you know, really being your authentic self in relationship. Mm-hmm. So that also incredible super fun Mm. yeah and then the one-on-one work you know i'm really a firm believer that with trauma with anything Mm -hmm. we need maps Mm -hmm. so everything i do is really map making i'm a cartographer essentially Mm -hmm. um but with the one-on-one work i really i make a personalized map for somebody so they come we have a very deep thorough intake session and i make a personalized map what's their current way of being Mm -hmm. what's their younger version that they're kind of living inside of what are its gifts and what are its limitations? Yeah. And what do they really want to achieve or accomplish in their life that feels limited or stuck? Mm-hmm. So we get really clear on that. And then what would a new way of being, the more grown version of them be, that would be able to actually accomplish or embody what they're longing for with more ease and more efficiency? Mm-hmm. And then what are the specific personalized gaps developmental gaps that if they could practice those things and flex those muscles would help them grow from their current way into their new way. Mm -hmm. So that's a psychological framework that holds the container. Mm -hmm. And then inside of that, we do trauma resolution alchemical work. Mm -hmm. So do the physiological, personal, deep embodiment work of completing incomplete emergencies, completing that fight, that flight, that freeze that's Mm -hmm. been stuck. So that's a bit of the work that I do. And mm-hmm. I love it. It's yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> and you're writing your second book, right? Um, can you, when is that kind of come out? So I was thinking 
it's going to come out early February, but then I was told that I need more time for actual publicity, which mm-hmm. I might actually do so more people could get the book. So it's, it's between February and May. Yeah. That's very exciting. The spring is a great time. (laughs) Cool. So where can people find you? And in particular, I really want everyone to sign up for your video series. Where can they find that? Um, RachelMaddox.com slash GrownGladdisVideoSeries is the official URL for that. But also, if you just sign up on my homepage, you'll get redirected to that. Perfect. Great. Awesome. We put that in the show notes as well. Rachel, thank you. Thank you. Thank you so much. I really believe um, with so much love in your work and I'm so glad we met and I'm really, really grateful for this conversation as well. Thank you. You're just the sweetest, yummiest, most delicious person <laughs> ever. I'm so grateful to have been here with you. And thank you. I'm just excited for your whole journey. Thank you. See you soon. Bye. Bye.